This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Shannon White and Tony Defio. Oh, wow. It's a victory Monday. It feels so good. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you didn't do it. So you're not feeling good in Cleveland. But for the Steeler fans, beating the Cleveland Browns and holding them only to 10 points, that is absolutely fantastic. So there's a lot of things to talk about in this game. There is a lot of things to talk about going on this week, and it's the trading deadline as well. And I want to get to that because I think one a play of one player made another player very expendable yesterday, and we're going to talk about that as well. But first, the story of the game. <laughs> yes, the Steelers won, but. And the big but is the fake field goal. I am going to stand back because I've already said what I have to say. And then yesterday on the, the trading deadline, excuse me, on the, uh, not the trade, we don't have a trading deadline show. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. on the uh, Steelers post game show. So I'm going to stick back. And guys, what was your knee jerk reaction? And what do you feel now about that? Tony? I, I know this might make people angry or shocked or whatever, but I didn't have a problem with the call. I mean, I think he was being aggressive. Uh, they they kind of sputtered uh, two or three times uh, when, when it looked like they had great scoring chances. Uh, you, you have the ball in the second half. Maybe you surprise them, score a touchdown there. You come you come out in the second half. You have momentum after that, and you score more points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. Next thing you know, you're up by two scores. I never problem with it. I mean, uh, yeah, the execution wasn't great, and, and, and Boswell got hurt, and he was knocked out of the game. And I'm sure he wasn't. They didn't anticipate him having to hold on to the ball as, for as long as he did. And it probably should have been uh, roughing the passer on that play. I mean, clearly he, he was, uh, it was roughing the passer. So I didn't really have a problem with it. Uh, I, I just, maybe, maybe I'm going by the, uh, the successful play that they ran three years ago uh, with Boswell to big Al. So, I mean, it's worked in the past. It's one of those plays. If it doesn't work and it's, it's cliche to say, if it doesn't work, well, it was a bad play. If it does work, what a great call. So, I mean, you, you, I mean, if it, it's, it, it 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 knocked their kicker out, but other than that, it, it didn't really. I I didn't have a problem with with the call. Shannon, your thoughts? I hated it. Um, <laughs> okay. On our on our on our Slack channel, and we was having a discussion right after it happened. Dave Schofield's like, "Well, you know, it's because it didn't work." For me, it was the timing, and the reason I feel that way is they sent two receivers, both tight ends, out into the route, and there was five defenders all over them. It was not a surprise to anybody. Coming off the bye week is when you're going to try, usually, to do a trick play. They, If Boswell would have threw the ball instantly to Firemuth, he might have been able to catch it and drive. But 
you're asking your place kicker to throw to a guy. And like I said, they was five defenders back there. So it didn't surprise anybody. And that was my problem with it was basically the timing. Then Boswell should have known, throw that ball away. He is tiny. He is a very little kicker. And when <laughs> he got hit, he got blew up. He went five yeah. yards, fly back, head bounces off the ground. I said, he's done. I said, yeah. now what are they going to do? I don't see a backup plan. They didn't really have a backup plan. If Boswell went down, they they were shocked. They didn't even know who the holder was going to be. And it can't be Benny right. in trouble getting up off his knees. So <laughs> they had Cam Sutton out there at halftime practicing. Yeah. So here's that my thought. The timing is what's is the time is what's most important. And I thought it was terrible timing. All right. So I uh I liked the gutsiness of the play. I have no problem with the play. I mean, it's easy for me to say that if it works, that it's a it's a great call. And we've seen that. One of the things that I'm basing my comments off of is we always talk about like the Ravens and the Browns and like the, the other teams that try that stuff against the Steelers. And we're like, why can't the Steelers be aggressive like that too? Because the Steelers aren't going to try that play. So I like the fact that they tried it. Now, Shannon, I'm going to agree with you with the fact there should be a backup plan. I was in the stands in 2008 when there was not a, a backup plan at long snapper. Greg Warren goes down. I was at that game. And James Harrison. I mean, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah the, that was a disaster oh, so y- you would think that that they would they would have something in place for that that's probably my biggest problem with the whole play now if you listen to the post game show yesterday you've heard my thoughts on this and you probably completely disagree with me and that's fine because that's what this show is all about i actually think that by going for that and losing Boswell, which you never want to happen because that could have, I'm glad it's just a concussion. Right. Because yeah. it could have been, I mean, it could be gone for the year. <laughs> Concussions right. are bad things. And I, I understand that. But all I'm saying is, do you think it's a possibility that they won because of that bad call? Well, I mean, it caused them to be more aggressive on offense and more, more innovative, I think, in the second half. They had to be because they, they had to, they had to, you know, go for it on fourth and short, and they had to go for it for two. So I think it, it, it caused them to, to 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 be more more aggressive in the second half too. So uh, I mean, I think it it, it 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 probably inspired them a little bit more. I certainly inspired T.J. Watt. He seemed to really up his game after that after that non uh, non call on Boswell. Shannon. So my thought here is, it's kind of like in the very first episode of Mash. At the very end of it, and I've seen the pilot episode a million times, they come out and they say, we screwed up in reverse, which means that they uh, they they did all this stuff wrong and they impressed the general because of, because of uh, their skills in the operating room. And they were all ready to be court-martialed for throwing a party. And so the reason I bring that up, for me, I think that instead of kicking a field goal to tie that game they had no choice because they can't bring up presley bring out presley harvin the third for that they had to go for it and it's quite a risk to go for it on fourth down and they do it and they succeed and that changes the game entirely because if this is 
a 10-10 game or a a 10-12 game or, or whatever it would be at that point, then you are looking at this point of them very easily, the Cleveland Browns, just trying to get into field goal range. So I feel that that they screwed up in reverse and it helped them win that game by that, by that call that went completely wrong. It may, they won in spite of not because of it's like, I know people who will say, well, I've made tons of mistakes all through my life, but I wouldn't change a thing because it's made me who I am today. It doesn't change the fact that, you know, that you made some really stupid mistakes. <laughs> you got had the good fortune or was blessed to maybe live through it or maybe prosper afterwards. I, I just, like I said, due to the timing, we talked, you know, we, you mentioned the Ravens and the Browns and Bengals teams uh, that we play who do try the trick plays far more frequently than the Steelers. In the past, it made more sense because we had an offense capable of overcoming mistakes. Right now, the offense can't overcome a 10-yard holding penalty. They they have to play pretty close to a perfect game right now. So I think they were establishing the, their physicality and their ability to move the ball at that point. I would have took the points and then uh, relied on the defense to continue playing like they were. I didn't feel like it was the, the right time or the there wasn't a sense of surprise, as I said, because coming off the bat. That was my main problem with it. Well, I mean, we can talk till we're blue in the face about, about this. I'm glad we disagree on this, Shannon. I'm glad uh, that uh, that not everybody is happy with the call. And that's uh, that's what this is all about. And we are going to continue to uh, have discussions on this. Uh, Tony, do you have a comment on this? I, I just I just have a question. It's kind of unrelated, but it, but it's related uh, situations like this. And I've been trying to figure this out for years, and I've gotten answers, but I don't know if I if I buy them necessarily. What why is why is it always the punter that that holds on on field goals and extra points, and why isn't it the backup quarterback? I mean, it would think like if you wanted to run a fake or if you had something happen where you had a, a fumbled snap or something, uh, you'd want the, you'd want the ball in, a, in an expert's hands rather than a punter or a kicker. You know, so that's I guess it's a kind of an unrelated question. Maybe you guys can answer. Maybe the live chat. Why is it every every kicker now, or every team now? It's 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 the uh, the punter that holds. Now I could go ahead and uh, take a stab at it, and I thought I heard something recently about this. Because the hands are so crucial to your quarterback, if you uh, if you make an errant hold and you're more likely to uh, to get a finger or a thumb just you know kicked and stoved, and we can't have that with a, a backup quarterback. So I think that's probably the reason. Because it used to be that there were a lot of backup quarterbacks. I remember Mike Tomzak, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, was was a uh, a holder for the Steelers and we've seen Tommy Maddox might have done it a little bit he, here he as did well. It when, he did it when he was the starter I think he he remained the hold, the holder the, his last year, his, his full year as a starter I think in 02. So that's you know that's interesting to me so yeah that's a possibility Shannon I'll get to you in a second um so I just think it's the fact that uh you can't afford to have those guys beat up if you have a punter and they have something wrong with their hands they can still field it and kick it away a lot better than you're risking 
you're risking so much less with a punter. And not just that, but the fact that when you're when you're practicing and you have a lot of time together as a punter and a kicker. Shannon. Well, yeah, you basically just said what I was getting ready to say. I heard a special teams coach. Uh, it was an interview, and he was talking, and he had uh, him and his team, might have been the Rams, but this has been a few years back, and that question had come up, and they said because they – with the limited amount of time they have to work together now, it's not like it used to be. And so they're, they're in the same room. They're in the same, you know, they, they're have a very intimate relationship. And so everybody started teaching the punters to hold. And, mm. and also of course the, the reason that you said, but the danger to the quarterback, you know, the guy coming around the outside diving to block, it could easily go into the, the quarterback knee who squatting get hurt that way so uh, those are the reasons definitely and uh, you know Wes made a mention that you should have had a Haskins or Rudolph in there um you know I get it that might telegraph it but press man he can throw too we've seen that he he has executed a few nice fakes at Georgia Tech so I mean he can definitely throw the ball too and uh Sherry Richards is uh saying that right now um that uh, there's been highlights of, of him doing it as well. So really interesting. There's there's so much you can continue to talk about this. The last, I want to wrap this part up with talking about Mike Tomlin's reaction to it. Were you satisfied? And I'll start with Shannon with how he came out and addressed it right away in the press conference. Oh, definitely. He That's who Tomlin is. He's a stand-up guy. He's not going to let Danny Smith or anybody else take the blame for that. He has the final decision. It's his call. And, it, you know, he's not going to apologize for trying to win the game, for being aggressive. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, he's a stand-up guy, and he will take full responsibility. So I thought he did a great job. Tony? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, that was typical Mike Tomlin. He's not going to he's not gonna place blame on anybody but, but himself. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, was his, it was his decision. Uh, he's responsible for it. He's the first, he'll be the first to tell you that, and, and that's basically how we address it in, in the press conference. Now, if you're a Steeler fan, as we continue to go and talk about this game yesterday, you have got to be very encouraged by the play of somebody when he was drafted in the fifth round in 2019 who was a project. I think the project is now a finished product after <laughs> what I saw with Zach Gentry yesterday. Shannon, do you feel like Zach Gentry's play could get Eric Ebron traded tomorrow if there's a buyer? If there's a buyer, I would definitely consider it. Gentry, he definitely was a project where we talked in the, the offseason where he started out as a quarterback. And I openly question would he ever be able to put on the mass and gain the functional strength to play tight end. He's their best blocking tight end now. He has solid hands, and they're using him uh, in in that screen game uh, very effectively. He actually held up good in pass protection a couple of times yesterday too. So he's been a godsend. He's been a a, a huge surprise to me. And I actually like, would rather see Firemuth and Gentry out there than I would Ebron because they both give you 
a complete tight end where Ebron is basically a big wide receiver. Tony, do you feel that Pat Fryermuth now is the definitive starting number one tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't want to say definitive, but I, I definitely think he might be he might be the, the the best one that they have. I think he's the best, most talented guy that they have now. It, it just it all depends on on uh, what how how they feel about Ebron. But I think I think Fryermuth is is going to be something special, and I think he he uh, he's going to get more and more playing time as the year goes on. He's going to get he's going to earn more and more trust in, in in with Ben, and we and I think that touchdown he had yesterday is going to going to uh, wow, you know, that's really going to going to earn some trust with the uh, veteran quarterback. I, I wouldn't say definitive just yet because I think Ben really likes Ebron. I think he feels comfortable with him in the passing game. But uh, it's 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 uh, it's getting to that point. So we have some jokes on the live chat about maybe Walmart needs a greeter, but nobody wants Ebron. <laughs> but I got to bring up Tate boys here. So Kevin Tate, who has guested on our shows before and in the offseason – his know-it-all podcast, uh, he's going to be bringing that to the uh, BTSC in the offseason. If that's still going to happen, we would love to have him. Fantastic show. If you do get a chance to check that out on YouTube, know-it-alls. But Kevin Tate says Green Bay needs a tight end. Robert Tanyan went down, and Robert Tanyan is a very good pass-catching tight end. He's not known for blocking ability. I could, I did not think about this. And when Tate put this up, it just sparked me right away. Could you see Eric Ebron with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? I think he, they could do a lot of damage with the ability that Ebron still has. Tony? My question, well, my question is, you know, people are strong. I mean, if, if he could do damage with, with Aaron Rodgers, why can't he do damage with Big Ben? You know, I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, he's, I think he's still a really valuable player for them. And I think, I think he could, he could, I mean, when you have the injuries that you have with the receivers and uh, you know, it seemed to be like they're too deep now because James Washington is really not contributing anything. They might need, they might need a, a, a mismatch uh, type player like Ebron down the stretch for their, for their passing attack. That's, that's the only, that's my only, only concern with uh, training Ebron. Something, you know what? I very rarely disagree with you, Tony. I, I can count on one hand and we've been doing this for four plus years together. And I kind of disagree with you on that because I feel like each and every week, Ebron has less of a uh, less opportunity to play. In fact, I'm waiting for the week where he doesn't even have a hat um, because where how Fryermuth has developed and how Gentry has developed. And Shannon's comments earlier made me feel like the development of Gentry has helped push Eric Ebron aside. So with a with you missing three draft picks already next year, and if you can maybe possibly get a sixth out of this guy, you know, to uh, make up for the one you lost for Joe Schobert, I, I think you do it at this point because you have other guys that can contribute at that position as well. So that's that's uh, that's what I'm looking at there. Now, Buck Dancer says they do need three tight ends. You know, you could always bring a guy back in here. There's always somebody. Kevin Raiders might be available. You know, there's a guy like that that you can trust and bring back in. But I don't think it w- it is... Uh, something that would kill you to get rid of him. You don't want to go trading away a lot of guys, but there's three guys on this team 
that you could possibly trade. Benny Snow Jr. is one of them. I mean, heck, Kalen Balazs is one of them. You know, I mean, any of those running backs you could probably trade. Is there a market for them? Maybe not. You know, uh, Eric Ebron is definitely, I think it's a situation where he would not be missed because of Gentry. And I, I know I've spoken a lot about that. Then you have the guy that Aditi Kinkawala thinks is says is definitely going today, tomorrow, and it's Melvin Ingram. I would hate to lose Melvin Ingram. But if they can get value out of Melvin Ingram, they're going to do it because he's not happy and he becomes more of a problem if he remains and you have you might have a Legarrette Blunt situation right. where a guy goes AWOL. Um, a guy causes problems. I don't think, I think he's a quality guy. So I don't expect him to do something like that, but there's always that possibility. So Shannon, I'm going to start with you on the trade situation. Do you feel that, uh, they are going to make trades tomorrow? Cause they usually don't. And how many? That's out of characteristic, as you say, for the Steelers, but I think they've learned a little bit from the past. When you got guys that uh, are not happy and they're openly complaining, uh, they have a groin injury show up in the middle of the week when after they've already said they're not happy and want to be traded. Those guys, being a Pittsburgh Steeler is a is a privilege. Uh, if they don't want to be there, then you don't need them. Uh, Taco Charlton, I'd like to have Ingram, but Taco Charlton yesterday. Uh, come in and he created some pressure when he was in there and spilled, uh, spilled what in Highsmith for uh, so Ingram if you could get something before I, I said last week I said no but hearing that he could be a potential problem and drama on a team that's this young and he's a veteran and he can be more of a distraction than he's worth. So if that's true and he really does want out, I think the Steelers will move him. Now, I've not heard anybody really interested in Ebron or Snell, so I really can't say there, but I do expect Degram to be moved. Tony, what does the trade of Von Miller today from the Denver Broncos to the Los Angeles Rams do for the stock of a guy like Melvin Ingram III? I think I think it, it helps it. I mean, obviously, uh, if, if Von Miller's already already traded, uh, there's more teams that are going to need uh, pass rushers, and, and if he thinks he can be a starter, um, you know, more power to him. But but I, I don't I just don't get what, what he thought he was going to get here. I mean, I know it's not really the question, yet, but I just don't know, I don't think I don't know. I mean, he he came here as the backup. Everybody everybody spent all off season. You know, all the fans, everybody, they need they need depth at outside linebacker. They need to bring somebody in. They brought him in in July, and before last week, or before the bye, he had like 62% of the snaps. Uh, and obviously that's going to go down with, with Highsmith and Watt being healthy. But what did he expect to do? Uh, and and I wish Wes Hickok brought it up, and I mentioned on Friday, he obviously came in here thinking he could beat out Alex Highsmith. That's, the only, that's probably why he signed here, that he could, he could come in here and beat out Alex Highsmith and beat a, beat a starter. I, otherwise it doesn't make any sense that he would be this unhappy because you know for for a, a veteran like that to get th- these many snaps 
I think he should, he should be grateful. And I think he, he's a valuable guy for them. And I just, I, I obviously, you know, he still believes he could be a starter. Uh, so I think, you know, if he feels that strongly and, 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 and there's a, there's a premium out there, I think, I think they could probably get a higher draft pick than, than, than I, I, I originally thought they could. Sherry Richards on Facebook says time to cut bait with both of them. Taco was a first round talent on his last shot. And Taco did the same thing for the Steelers that I, that I almost called him Alvin Gentry. Please excuse me, uh, <laughs> former basketball great. That uh, Zach Gentry did for the team by making helping make these guys expendable. Look, we knew when he didn't travel to Cleveland yesterday that that they were going to get rid of him. There is a lot more value from other teams because everyone's like like. What are you going to trade for these guys? We we made somebody made the joke about the Walmart greeter, which I think is hilarious. But <laughs> the thing about it is, another team's trash is another team's treasure, and right. I really think somebody is going to love having Eric Ebron on, on his team. And I can see, I, I love what Tate said. I really think that Aaron Rodgers would love to have a player like Eric Ebron. He's because the thing about it is he is going to be focused on more not to go back and trash Tony on his comment earlier because I respect Tony's comments, but Friar Muth has made it to the point where he is the number one guy. And I really think that Friar Muth is uh, on his way to being a top 10 tight end in this league. Is he going to be Travis Kelsey? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's going to be very valuable and he's going to catch a lot of balls over the middle and more and more each week, as Ben starts to trust him, then you are going to see them them making it work. Apparently, there was a conversation with James Harrison and Ben Roethlisberger last week about how you would have loved to have played with this guy when you were here, Debo. Because and that was what Ben said about Fryermuth because he catches everything and he is going to be one of the greats and that's what Ben thinks about him. So that's why I think that that could possibly happen tomorrow, uh, because they do have some some draft picks to uh, to recoup. Now you don't make trades just to recoup a draft pick, but what you do is if you don't really think if you think that their insurance policies and their their minimal contributors the rest of the way and you have somebody like a taco and have somebody like a Zach, that's when you go ahead and do it. And I think they're in a good situation because remember these guys are at the end of their contracts. They're there's a, they're both free agents next year. So it kind of works now, Jerry cherry who had a great quote earlier saying that he, taco only plays on Tuesdays. Now he's hungry for tacos. <laughs> so there you go. So one last thing that I want to talk about before we get going is the news that came out of Tennessee today. Now, a lot of news came out of Tennessee today. And somebody did mention in the live chat that, hey, maybe Benny Snell could go for a seventh round pick to the Tennessee Titans who lost Derrick Henry for what they're saying six to 10 weeks. If that's mm. if that's a possibility, then that means that the Indianapolis Colts get a whole lot more dangerous to their cause. And you might start seeing them drop some games because 
he is a major number 22 is a major part of their offense. Like number 22 from Alabama is a major part of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And I'm interesting to see how it goes without him. Uh, Adrian Peterson is there now and he signed just a, a few hours ago. So AP is there, but he's also way up there in age. Uh, but it's going to be interesting because that's a decent offensive line in Tennessee as well. But the reason I'm bringing up all of this is we talked last week and we took each game for the remainder of the schedule and did wins and losses. And just like the Seattle game, and you hate to see the Steelers you know, take advantage of an injury to Russell Wilson, but that just happened the schedule that week. Now the Tennessee game could possibly have become a whole lot more winnable in week 15. Your thoughts on that, Tony, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, we, we spend all off season talking about the schedule and right. And that's, that's our job is, is to speculate on a schedule and, 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 and who they could win and who might give them trouble or who they can defeat, I should say, and, and who can give them trouble. But you just never know until the season starts and injuries are such a big factor. And, and Derrick Henry is such a huge part of what the Titans do. He's their, he's their team. He's their identity. He's the face of their franchise. He's the best running back in the NFL, one of the best I've seen probably since Adrian Peterson's heyday. That's, he's just such a, a phenomenal talent. It's a shame uh, for them to lose a guy like that, but it, it could change the landscape of the AFC. Uh, and certainly the Titans, without him, they're not nearly the, the contender that they, that they were before. I mean, because they are a great team. And without Derrick Henry, they're just not going to be the same. Uh, so it, it could help the Steelers down the stretch. And, and if he's not in there, like we saw with Russell Wilson, uh, you have to give them a much better chance of, of, of winning that game, even though they, they did, did beat them last year with him in there. But uh, without him uh, this year, it, it definitely would make them uh, uh, give them a much more favorable matchup. Shannon, it's very interesting because for the third week in a row, we have a new number one in the AFC. It was Buffalo. Then it was, uh, then it was, uh, Cle- excuse me, not Cleveland, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And now it's Tennessee. And it could be the fourth week in a row. Baltimore could have been in the mix there too, but I don't think they were. I think they were number two. So with that being said, that's three weeks in a row, a different number one in the rankings. And last week's number one is now number five. The Cincinnati Bengals are number five and the Steelers are at number six. And the the Cleveland Browns are all the way down to number 10 or 11. It just depends on what happens tonight with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs beat the Browns, so there's a possibility that the the Browns could be at 11 if the Chiefs win. So that's a big drop from number, number seven last week for Cleveland. So, Shannon, do you see the landscape changing with this injury, and do you see it benefiting the Steelers? I've said now for weeks that injuries is going to decide the playoff field. It, it happened last year. It happens every year. Last year, the Steelers look, were looking like they were going to have a solid footing for the playoffs. Bud Dupree goes down. They never recovered on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I hate it so badly for Derrick Henry. He's had a stretch of games that you can't compare to anybody other than Jim Brown in his prime. Uh, like A.B.'s stretch of games there, about five seasons worth with Ben and the Steelers was just, you know, on a record-breaking pace. 
That's what Henry's been doing. And Henry was MVP up to this point. So that's a huge loss for the Titans. They've still got a quality team. They're well coached. They're going to still be in the, the playoff race. But that that if they were a Super Bowl contender, I don't feel like that um, that they're still the number one seed in the AFC. Let's put it that way. But um, it's the where they're at right now is it could benefit the Steelers in that that's a you you're nowhere near as afraid or concerned about playing the Titans without Derrick Henry as you are with him. You know, I'm not supposed to have favorite players, but Derrick Henry is one of my favorite non-stealers. Absolutely love watching him play. I love everything about this guy. He mm-hmm. is my favorite running back that does not wear black and gold. And, you know, he's my second favorite 22 because <laughs> I am a huge fan of Najee Harris, of course, and they're both coming from Alabama. But, you know, I have another favorite. I, I love Cooper Cup. And every week in day, when I have to draft my uh, daily fantasy team every week, and you know I'm actually leading in the standings, uh, Jeff and Dave. Just just hmm. thought I'd tell you that. But you know, I pay a lot of money for Cooper Cup, and I will say that it seems like Derrick Henry is a lot of money every week in daily fantasy. Guess who is the third most expensive running back right now, and it's Najee Harris. That's great to see. So it is absolutely awesome to see. I said it. Najee Harris would be rookie of the year if it wasn't for Jamar Chase. Right. And if he finishes second, I would not I would not be disappointed because of what what Chase is doing right now. But Najee is having Najee would be the front runner if it wasn't for what's going on. How about that? Number one up in Cincy. How about that that touchdown dive? Yeah, I mean that was that was like Michael Jordan from the foul line. That was incredible. <laughs> I, I'm glad you said that, Tony. That that was awesome. I think, I think the Steelers. I mean, week after week, people were saying, "All right, you know, I, I'm glad with that draft pick because somebody put on Twitter or in our Slack channel, if you draft a tackle, you're not winning any of those games the last three weeks." Right. Or the last three games, excuse me. So, you know, it's just, it's uh, really exciting what's happening in Pittsburgh. My last question to you, as we get ready to go, I'm going to ask both of you this. Is this team better than last year's team, Shannon? I believe wholeheartedly. Um, in my stock report article that's coming out tomorrow, I talked about this. Last year's team was older uh, with a, you know, a, a deteriorating offensive line, they were undefeated eleven and zero, but they weren't improving this week. They were actually going in the opposite direction, especially after a couple of injuries. This year, they they we said we preach patience. It's going to take time. It's a process. They start out one and three, but. They're taking steady steps to of improvement and growth each week. They're trending in the right direction. There's a ton of talent on this team. It just takes experience to fully get the confidence and, and the necessary to be what coming. But they're definitely trending in the right direction. So in my opinion, 
this team at this point this year, I'm more excited than I was about the team last year at the same point. Tony, what are your thoughts? Well, it was about a year ago at this time, speaking of the Titans in that Tennessee game, uh, where they kind of started to regress and they were never quite the same from the midpoint of the season on. They, they, they kept winning up until December, but they were never quite the same after that. And I think this team, as Shannon said, is trending in, in the right direction. And it started in, in, with the Denver game. And I think they're, they, they're better equipped than they were last year because I think uh, they have a different offensive philosophy and they have a, a bunch of young guys on, on offense who are, or, are getting better in pl- each and every week, especially on the offensive line. And you throw in a, a, a top-notch uh, running back. And as you said, possibly a number one tight end now. And, uh, and a quarterback who's, who seems to be getting more and more comfortable, a veteran quarterback who's getting more and more comfortable with this offense. And you saw it yesterday. The, 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 they, the, the execution wasn't always there, but you, you were encouraged by the game plan and the, the design. So, and, and the defense is the defense. They have some injuries, especially on the defensive line. But as we said earlier in the show, they have some guys like Wormley starting to step up in Mondo and now Taco. So, anyway, you know, he's a linebacker, but you know, the defense is going to be stout all year round. And if this offense continues to improve, I think they, they might be better by the end of the year than they ever were last year. Great points, fellas. It's been a fantastic show. I am still walking on sunshine. I'm walking on air. I'm not walking on broken glass. I feel absolutely amazing this week. So with that being said, thanks, everybody. We cannot do these shows without you. And we're going to get ready to sign off here now. I'd love to say that we'd see you next week, but we are not going to be here Monday night because the Steelers are going to get ready to play the Chicago Bears on Monday night football. Stay tuned to stay tuned here to BTSC on the website and on here. We will let you know exactly what we'll be doing. You will most likely see Tony Shannon and I on Tuesday night. But but what happens with the uh, the Scobro show? You're, there's going to be a Scobro show next week. We are going to keep you posted on what's going to happen with that as well. You might be double dipping on Tuesday. You might have a special edition of the Scobro show. We are figuring that out as we speak, as I'm messaging with Dave back and forth. Also, we're going to have a post-game show on Monday night next week. So you will have some of us. It might be a different lineup. I'm I'm pretty sure Dave will be there as well. Jeff will not be on there. I am. Uh, I might be a game time decision, but you will have <laughs> some of the best analysts here from BTSC, which we're all pretty good. If you ask me, I'm proud of each and every one of these guys. So we will let you know what's happening. It is a work in progress. If I was doing my job correctly, I would have had it before we started this show. So with that being said, thanks so much. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much, Tony. Just when I, you think you got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Oh, I <laughs> love it. All right. We will talk to you soon. Bye now. Oh, how it rips me, beloved, makes me live for tomorrow.